guests for the fans of the show, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. I'm Lexi Fima, and joined today with my friends Taya Johnston and Jen Peterson. Unfortunately, Miranda is not able to join us today. We're going to be talking about the season three episode uh, in our revised order, which is Jay Edgar's Ghost. The director for this episode is Winrich Colby also goes by Rick Colby. He was born in 1940 and died in 2012. And we've talked about him a few times as he's directed previous episodes of SMK, uh, starting with Saved by the Bells, DOA, Delirious on Arrival, Welcome to America, Mr. Brand, Sour Grapes, and the upcoming The Wrong Way Home. That's six if you were counting. The writer is David G.B. Brown. He's so good, he has to have two initials. He was born in 1947, and he also died but uh, in 2014 at the age of 67. He had written seven episodes of SMK, this one being his first, but also Wrong Number, The Boy Who Could Be King, Photo Finish, Promises to Keep, One Flew East, and A Matter of Choice. He had only written for seven other shows, including Flow, Code Red, Tales of the Gold Monkey, Max Hedrum, and Hunter, which was his last in 1989. Now, I only know of Max Hedrum and Hunter. I don't know the others. Jen, do you know those? No. It seems like Tale of the Gold Monkey is kind of like like Bruce's Bring Him Back Alive and uh, Indiana Jones type, I think, from what I gathered. Uh, guest stars, I'm going to cover a few here. So our first one is Raymond J. Barry. He played Captain Ted Ronson, or what I like to refer to is older Lee Stetson. He was born in New York in 1939 and attended Brown University. And he was a star athlete, football, basketball, and track. Uh, and he earned his degree in philosophy. As a senior, he was cast in the stage production of Picnic, where he played a football player. Uh, I guess that was a bit of a stretch for him. Not. Uh, he then entered Yale Drama School, and after completing there, he uh, acted in Broadway play The Leaf People. He has appeared in over 100 plays and has starred in such films as Dead Man Walking in 1995, Sudden Death in 1995, and The Chamber in 1996. With more than 125 acting credits, he's been in L.A. Law, Cool Runnings, Frasier, Melrose Place, Flubber, Three episodes of The X-Files, uh, playing three different characters. In Crossing Jordan, uh, Law and Order, three episodes of The X-Files, playing three different characters. He was in Crossing Jordan, Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, Grey's Anatomy, 23 episodes of Justified, four episodes of Gotham, and three episodes of 13 Reasons Why, which I actually like that one. Uh, that was that wow, suicide that one. Sense. Yeah, that was recent. And, uh, and he currently has five other projects in several different levels of pre and post production for 2020, which I have a feeling they're all probably halted right now due to COVID. Dorothy Fielding played Agnes Snow, and there's no personal info on her on the internet. I could not find it anywhere. Uh, Her first acting job was on Jaws, the movie Jaws, as the girl in the music store. I guess if you're going to be in Jaws, that's probably a safe place to be. There's no water in the music store typically, so hopefully she didn't. It eaten by the shark. <laughs> then she immediately landed a role on The Doctors, and she was in that for 312 episodes, which is huge. Your second acting gig, and you're in a show that's got 312 episodes that you're going to be in? Yeah. Pretty good. That's crazy. I know. I think The Doctors, wasn't that like a soap opera or something? I have no idea. Um, sure maybe, but they were all in like in the late 70s, within two years. Did they really make that many? 
Between 77 and 79, there are that many. That's why, I think, that's why I think it's a soap opera. When those are weekly still, though, but that's still yeah, that's da- They're daily, Monday oh, through Friday. That's right. I forgot back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been. That's a lot, man. Can you imagine working that much on one show? Mm-mm. Then she was in St. Elsewhere, Kiss Me Goodbye, TJ Hooker, Fright Night, Remington Steel, 21 Jump Street, Melrose Place, and her last acting job was in 1998 on Chicago Hope. Bo Hopkins played Nick Cross. He was born in February of 1942 in South Carolina. He has 132 acting credits, including The Phyllis Diller Show, Gunsmoke, The Andy Griffith Show, Mod Squad, Hawaii Five-0, The Rookies in 1974 with Kate in uh, the episode Death at 6 a.m., the Rockford Files, he was in uh, four episodes of that. And then he was in uh, Charlie's Angels, post-Kate, uh, in two episodes there. Uh, Fantasy Island, Matt Houston for Jen, Hotel, The A-Team, The Fall Guy, and 18 episodes of Dynasty. Matlock, Murder, She Wrote, and two projects either completed or in post-production for 2020. So he's still acting now. <laughs> and finally, uh, for all those everyman types out there, A.J. Freeman, uh, he played the garbage dump manager at the end, near the right before the tag. He has 17 acting credits to his name, including Dukes of Hazard, Hardcastle and McCormick, Riptide, Knott's Landing, The A-Team, Hill Street Blues, Quantum Leap, and his last job was in Civil Wars in 1991. Apparently, he was more than just a pretty face, though, ladies. He was a contestant on Jeopardy in 2017. I have no idea how he did, though. Sorry. Wow. And that does it for this episode's guest stars. Secrets from J. Edgar Hoover's personal files are being revealed in the newspaper, and Lee and Amanda work together to find the source. So we get a bird's eye view of of D.C., and then we are on an apartment complex, um, which I actually got uh, to drive by that, and we we got out and took pictures and everything. It was kind of cool. I'll see if I can pull up some pictures so we can post them with this. Uh, It was from like two years ago. It's still there. looks exactly the same. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, we see two people we don't know. And we later find out it's Nick Cross, the baddie, and uh, Agnes Snow. They've obviously had a little evening delight. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's kind of obvious she has no clothes on. Yeah. And he's strapping his belt on. Yeah. But it's so nasty. He is nasty. <laughs> We're nasty or he's nasty? Both could be I said, true. I said, but he's so nasty. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. But she's lonely, Jen. She's lonely. I know. You know? You know we don't know how nasty he is till later, but he kind of creeps me out. Oh, he's horrible. Entire episode. He's horrible. He plays on her emotions. He's just horrible. So he takes like a, it looks like, you know, those breath mint things those breath sprays it looks like he does that to her he like he like covers her head with the sheet mm-hmm. it's like a dutch oven but instead of a toot he's doing it <laughs> what <laughs> is he trying is he is he trying to keep the smell in with the sheet <laughs> oh my god oh. okay it's a hot it's hot in here no, didn't you see? <laughs> he's doing a Dutch oven. He like yeah, made it. He I had it go over her head, and then he sprayed something in there that's, uh, I guess, made her sick. 
Or it it made her knock her out or something. Yeah, but it didn't work for very long. Although it, it probably was hour, a few hours probably lapsed that we didn't see. But yeah, so he sprays some breath freshener, <laughs> what it looks like, uh, in there, and then kind of covers it up so it'll stay in there and keep her conked out for a while. <laughs> and then he goes and starts looking through her what she calls homework and starts taking pictures with this little spy camera. What a pig! But of course he has to, you know, he gets his sex first. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he takes care of that business before he takes care of the other business. Right. Ugh. God, what a jerk. Getting his cake and also his payday. Mm-hmm. The evening. Nasty. Nasty man. And he's not even attractive. Ugh. Not at all. I feel like this would have been a good role for, uh, I always, I always call him Niles from uh, the nanny, that guy who's in the. Oh, of- yes, it would. Uh, Daniel Davis. Really good. Daniel yeah. Davis. Yeah. 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 I could yeah. see that. And he would have been more attractive in it. That's yeah. First, I have a thing for him. In this Do you? Frame. In this time frame, not now. He's too old now. That's <laughs> Even he's uh, too old now. <laughs> uh, but in this, like, when he was in those other episodes, I thought he was pretty. Yeah, he good. was in this one. Um, not this one. He was in um, the finale, season finale of two. And then he's later in season finale of three. Right. Yeah. But yeah, in three, he's he's a bad guy. In a, mm-hmm. He's a good guy gone bad. Mm-hmm. But manipulated to be bad, I should say. But in two, he's a really bad guy. Yeah, but I, I can totally see him playing this. You're you're spot mm-hmm. on with that. Um, <clears throat> so he's going through these files, and we're not sure exactly at this point what they are, but needless to say, they're bad things. Uh, things that nobody would want to see the light of day mm-hmm. for certain. Now, time has lapsed, and I mentioned that earlier. Time seems to have lapsed because he's gone through all the files, and he's taken pictures of everything. So he's just scooping all this up and interagency pension review is what it says, what you're thinking, you know, what does he care about that? But, you know, we obviously later find out that that's not what was in them. Mm-hmm. The first picture we see is a ship full of naked people. So and if they're her files, wouldn't you think she would notice some weird things in there and mention it to somebody? Well, I think what happens is she checks them. So she does this random check of uh, samples and she just opens it up. If she happens to open it up and it's on pension stuff, yeah, she's not going to know anything's different. She'll be like, yeah, these are good to go. Yeah, she says she only looks at the table of contents. Oh, that's right. You're right. The table of contents yeah. and then checking that and then that's it. So I don't think she's even really going in depth in the files because she's just making sure that what is supposed to be there is there based on the table of contents. Right. So if somebody was hiding something. She brings all the whole thing home. With all the stuff in there. She brings home samples. She said she takes samples of each of the boxes. So she takes one big book full, but there's probably many, many boxes. You know, they said there was 250,000 documents per floor, you know? Yeah. So if she's only looking at the table of contents, like Lexi said, she's, you know, she's not going to know that anything's awry. Because for some reason, they that's how they hid them is they put them in, in, in these pension things that n- they knew no one would want to know about or look at. Yeah. He's almost wrapped up and finished. And then she comes out and she's feeling sick to her stomach, probably because of the breath freshener that he sprayed in her face. <laughs> uh, she's like all groggy and everything. And he's acting all lovey-dovey to her. Ugh, makes you sick. And she's like, oh, are you leaving? And he's like, yeah, you know, I got a lot of meetings tomorrow. Yeah. You smarmy little bastard. Yep. 
It's like, oh yeah, it's like you want to trans, you want to translate it like, oh, you're done screwing me and screwing me over. Got it. You got what you came mm-hmm. for, kind of thing. You know, ugh, he's awful. Cupcake, like just. Ugh. And then he's like, maybe you caught a bug. Oh yeah, or maybe you like drugged her, dude. Yeah. Ugh. They never really say what he does for a living besides, you know, being a scuzzball. Some made up thing, probably. Yeah. But she says, you know, that she hates it when he leaves. And he's like, well, I'll meet you tomorrow at the usual place, Kelsey's. And she's like, yeah. And then he leaves. I do want to point out the scripts that we have. Um, There are two that we have. We have the uh, shooting final draft uh, dated October 3rd. I'm sure everybody recognizes that date, but for 1985. And then the other one is a second revised shooting final dated October 9th of 1985. And this one actually is an original. And it even, Jenna has the little ridges from the dot matrix printer that it came off of. <laughs> I always cool. love that. Do I love that. It's can, an original. Can you guys see it? Do you see the edges on it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you remember That's that? Cool. Yeah, I do. I love that. There's nothing better. But I love the dot matrix. It always makes, I'm like, yes, it's like a soothing, like it's, it's real. It's an original. takes <laughs> me back. Did you have a dot matrix print out of your face in the 80s? Oh my gosh. Totally, totally <laughs> did. Yes. I think I still have mine. I do too. <laughs> That's so funny. That was a big deal, man. A computer print out of your yeah. face. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. And then you, when you could code the computer to run your, name all through the screen and everything remember that in high school you know because that computers were just coming around then at least for me and so you had to like code so you'd code it to come up and say your name like all over the screen and everything i remember that too i remember that i remember the i remember the print out of our faces because that was a big deal yeah that was funny one thing there's in the script the reason i brought it up there's a scene a very small very short scene um that we don't get to see and then it's mostly actually there's no dialogue in it at all so it's an exterior street day two uh lee is disguised as a maintenance man obviously staking someone out rack focus to follow his gaze to a small sidewalk newspaper vendor's stand as a man with a reporter's notepad approaches Lee ducks down behind a piece of machinery. The newspaper vendor passes the reporter an envelope. Lee jockeys for a better look, but can't make out the vendor's face. The reporter moves off down an alley and Lee pursues him. The same one the reporter entered. Lee enters it, finding it empty. But when he turns to exit, someone slams a load of newspapers into his face. We, but not Lee, see the vendor's face. We will later recognize him as Nick Cross. By the time Lee gets to his feet, Cross is gone. Then interior, King Kitchen, close on newspaper, day. The latest national insider, banner headlines reading, Midshipment drops skivvies, nude sale up Potomac. And we recognize the photographs Cross took of the photo in the pension report. Pull back to find Jamie and Philip engrossed in the paper. Dottie enters, spots the paper, takes it from them. Philip says, what a weird paper, Grandma. What's kind of weird is the scene we get is slightly different. Dottie opens, takes the paper from them. And Jamie says, yeah, no comics after Philip said about it being a weird paper. And Dottie says, just as well, you're going to be late for school anyway. Dottie opens the paper, starts uh, to scan the inside. Amanda enters, dressed for work. Amanda says, morning, boys, morning, mothers, sees the paper. What are you reading? She says, we got a complimentary copy this morning. Seems a little coincidental, but okay. Like, why wouldn't they just 
assume they had a paper <laughs> delivered. Everybody had a paper delivered back then. Amanda notices the headlines, glares toward the boys. And Amanda says, midshipment drops skivvies. And Dottie says, I didn't write the article, dear. I'm just reading it <laughs> from the paper. She reads on. I won't bore you with that. And Amanda says, that's just another smear story. It's probably not even true. And Dottie says, they've got a picture. And in spite of herself, Amanda has to look, has a look and reacts. She goes, what? She goes, that could be anyone, anywhere. What's it prove? And then she, looking closer, she says, except that it's very cold, which I love that in the film version. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyways, I thought that was funny. That actually kind of makes sense if it was a different, like if it was a National Enquirer type of thing. Yeah. That they didn't normally get, it would have like scandalous stuff in it because they wouldn't print something like that on the front page of like our main paper. Like, like the Washington and, Post or something, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it'd have to be like a like a side paper or a, a National Enquirer type of thing. Well, it's possible that they, because it's in the script that it was like a National Enquirer type, Kate is notorious for hating those magazines. Yeah. And she probably didn't want to give them any type of, you know. Attention at all? Yeah, in, attention. Yeah, credit. Yeah. Like, to, to like oh, they've made right. it. They're on the, they just were discussed on the TV show. She wouldn't want that for sure because she hated those things. She always bitched about them in art, uh, in interviews yeah. and TV shows. I TV agree. Interviews. I just yeah. didn't want to imply that a, a reputable paper would print a picture yeah. that you could infer that they were naked. <laughs> or see that they're naked <laughs> in Washington. I mean, that's politics. So maybe that is something that they would put in there. You know, it wouldn't be in our, you know, the newspapers here, um, but maybe, you know, political alley there. It, it might, you know what I mean? I don't know. I never lived there. Maybe, before. I, but I think you lose uh, the more, the, I will, I'll say like the higher bred audience that would find right. it repulsive and that's the audience that you're those types of papers are really trying to target. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Knows. I'm sure that's probably why though. Kate was probably like, no, we're not giving them any credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would imagine. I don't know, but I'm betting. But the only papers that would buy that kind of stuff, I would think would be those types of papers. Yeah, for the sure. That Nick Cross is trying to sell. I'm going to ask you cause you're always the floral guru around here. Uh-huh. Yay or nay. On Dottie's shirt. You know what I was going to say? I loved it. I, I was wondering. I, I could see you liking that one. Cute. Yeah. I like the silky ribbed uh, collar. Yeah. I wish they would have copied it on the sleeve. On yes. the cuff, you know? Yeah. It is I, cute. I really do like it. And I like the colors and it just looks soft and cute. It distracts from her awful haircut. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I, I just thought <laughs> I did that to her. It made her look so old. I oh, know. And you'd think they would have learned. You would think Kate yeah. would have been like, don't do it. <laughs> right. Or she was like, do it. That's hilarious. It's cute. Uh, you can see Jamie, like when, when Dottie comes in, Jamie's already got her coffee ready. And then Amanda comes in, he's already got her coffee. It's like, it's like a, a nurturing child, you know, mm-hmm. it was sweet. He's well trained. Yeah. <laughs> That could be it too, John. <laughs> like, they're going to be nicer to me if I just give them their caffeine now. Amanda comes in and she immediately goes right to what Dottie's reading, which seems odd. She's like, what are you reading, mother? <laughs> goes right over. She's like, what is that doing in the newspaper? She seems amused by it at first. Yellow flowers right over Dottie's mm-hmm. shoulder. 
I do like that collar on her shirt uh, on Dottie's. That is cute. Yep. The boys are seem to be really intrigued in what uh, Dottie's reading. <laughs> <laughs> I like the face that they make after she's like, oh, well, it must be very cold. I know. You know they don't get it. <laughs> I was like, maybe they do. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I was like, they don't get it. I'm sure they do now, but I mean, I don't think they got it back then. <laughs> yeah. I know I wouldn't have. So now we're back at the agency. They seem to be having like an all hands on deck kind of meeting. And now we get to see Agnes, who we saw in the first opening scene. Uh, now we see her fully clothed. Thank you. Uh, and uh, she's very, she's very straight laced and reserved. I would say she's kind of dowdy. Yeah, that's a good Kind of mousy. Prim. Yeah. So we're in the conference room. Uh, Francine's in there talking to somebody. Agnes sits right next to Amanda. And then Amanda's like in mother hen mode. She's going over some reports that she's pulled for Lee and, and explaining all this. And he's just like, okay, yeah, I'm good. I, I have everything I need. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> in the in the script, actually, he, he gets all flustered because he's like, Okay, Amanda, I'm good. I don't need, you know, the bibliography and all this stuff. He's like, where's my, where's my note? And she goes, what? And he goes, my, my notes, where are my notes? And she's like, well, I don't know. And and then he got all flustered because he was all cool and calm and everything. And then he got flustered because he didn't have his notes where he had everything he wanted to say. It was kind of funny. And looking to her to have the answer. Well, no, because, and then he, she's, she's going over all this stuff, saying what she did. And he goes, thanks, but I think I've got it. She goes, don't worry. You're completely prepared. He goes, I know that. And she goes, I haven't missed anything. Here's your bibliography, vertical file, distribution analysis. A little anxious. He says, where's my little piece of paper? Lee fishes out a mutilated folded piece of paper with scrawled notes on it, relieved to have found it. And Amanda says, what's that? He goes, my notes. Amanda sits, realizing Lee won't be consulting her careful research. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Amanda. She did all that work for nothing. Yeah. Lee gets introduced as the chief of the Q Bureau. Pretty cool. Yeah. For sure. I mean, not even director or anything, just chief. That's kind of cool. I don't know if it's anything official, but it's kind of cool. Amanda seems so proud of him. So he explains that they've had several of these security leaks, the most recent one being in the newspaper that morning, which was the drop and trow on the the naval ship. And then Senator Connors in the hot tub. Lee says it's unusual. And she goes, from what I hear about the senator, that's not very unusual. (laughs) (laughs) So Lee hands out uh, dossiers to everyone. And then he asked Amanda to pass them out. And I love it. Kate, like, actually goes, like, mimics, like, can you pass these around? Everybody, like, people don't know when you hand something to somebody, you just, you automatically pass it around kind of thing. It was kind of funny. So Lee asks uh, Francine to go figure out who all was on that uh, naval ship. And uh, and then he explains that, boy, they had, that's an interesting look they gave each other. A very intimate look that Lee and Amanda, hey, oh, Lee, and Amanda. Lee and Amanda, when she gets up and walks over to him, it's very intimate. What's your um, timer at? Oh, sorry. It's um around 7.20 something, like early 7.20s. They have a couple of those. Yeah. Like then this episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah. normal. Very intimate, you know, like very, uh, we have a, a secret joke between us. You know what I mean? Like inside jokes or inside information. You know what I mean? Like you would have for somebody who's seen you naked. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
<laughs> something like um, that. Something like that. <laughs> I'm just saying. You you know what I mean. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. Lee does mention that Agnes Snow is the librarian, and she'll be able to pull any research that they need so they just have to ask her so that's explains what her presence is in there mm-hmm. amanda and lee uh, lee explains to billy that he's got a he's got a, a lead from a friend of his at the newspaper and so he's going to follow up on it uh, amanda says you did really well and he goes thank you lee's telling him that they're they're going to go check out the gin mills which is the singles bars and he's like Amanda and I are going to go troll the, his old hunting grounds, the gin mills on M Street. And she goes, the gin mills? And he goes, yeah, I'll explain it. She goes, I hope so. And Francine gets all snarky and she's like, oh, the true leader saving all the best jobs for himself. And then Billy's just trying to be all business. And he's like, you know, you know, give it the once over, but, you know, don't waste your time, you know, sitting on a bar stool the whole time. Right after that, though, I never noticed this in all the eight million times I've watched this, but and I'm at 804-ish right now. Billy tells him, you know, he doesn't need him spending all that time. He goes, well, that's why I'm taking Amanda. And Amanda, if you, you've got, it's at like eight, between probably at 808 and 813. The look she gives, it goes from when Lee says that to her looking at between Lee and Billy. And she's just kind of like, like, what the hell does that mean? Kind of look, you know, it's really funny. Like where she kind of like looks back and forth and then down and starts writing on her paper. Right before she starts writing on her paper. Hold on. I'll tell you where it's at. Hold on one sec. When Right. Right. when It is quick. Right. When Lee says, well, that's why I'm taking Amanda. And she kind of (laughs) looks. It's so funny. She looks between him and Billy like, well, why did he say that? Kind of that kind of look like. What? Oh, where she like kind of blinks like that meme of that guy where. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Like, like somebody just gave you a backhanded compliment. You know what I mean? Kind of like that. It's like yeah. that kind of face. It was really cute. I never noticed it before because it's so quick. Mm-hmm. But then Francine has to get her snarky ways in here. And she's like, you know, make sure you give uh, put in for hazardous pay. M Street is a kind of combination between tag team wrestling and full body contact karate. And Amanda gets her little snark going, which I love. I love a snarky Amanda. I said that. Um, <laughs> a few episodes ago but but she's like just trying to be nice and she's writing has her head down and she's like oh do you know that firsthand kind of thing well in the script it's even snarkier (laughs) i laughed out loud when i read this she says about the uh, full body contact karate amanda says your two best events oh wow i know i was like damn and then francine replies in the script touche I like, I, like, I like how Matt is almost like apologetic. Like, I know. As soon as it comes out. She goes, I'm sorry. Like as soon as it came out of her house, she's like, I'm sorry. I know you're going to get me back. She's like, mm-hmm, I am. That was funny though. It was worth it. In the script, Francine and Lee turn to the other agents. Agnes stops to say hello on her way out. She doesn't look that chipper. And Agnes says, hello, Mrs. King. And Amanda says, hi, Agnes. And Agnes says, sounds like you're going to be doing some bar hopping. And Amanda says, so I hear. And Agnes says, because remember your hand-to-hand training, you'll need it. It's kind of weird. Anyways, to follow up on the script, it goes a little bit further. This is the exterior street during the day near the agency in D.C. And Amanda says, so who are we looking for on M Street? And Lee produces a photo and shows her. 
He says, that's him, an ex-agent. So that's where they got it. It is an ex-agent, but they never say it in the actual episode that I'm aware Mm of. Now in business for himself. His specialty used to be the Lonely Hearts Patrol. Off her look, cheap margaritas and one-night stands. You can sometimes trade a lot of information for a little affection. Amanda says, Lee, it's only fair to warn you. I don't, like he needs this warning. I don't have much experience in, well, you know, singles bars. Really? Do tell, Amanda. (laughs) And Lee says, all you have to do is stand there, look pretty, and wait for someone to approach you. And Amanda says, and then what? And Lee says, then just go with the flow. And she says, oh, sure, just go with the flow. He goes, we might have a break already. I just got a call from a Navy man I know, a sub-captain, who sounded on the thin edge something about naked boat trip. He's coming over and turns. I'll see you at Wisconsin and M at 530. They arrive at Amanda's wagon. Okay, but you'll have to show me the ropes. He says, it's no big deal, Amanda. See you later. Amanda starts to get into the wagon. She goes, may I ask you a professional question? And he says, "Uh uh-huh. And she says, how far do you go when you go with the flow? (laughs) Oh, wow. And did you say they pulled up in the the sex mobile there, her wagon? Yeah, yes. Her her sex mobile. Wow. Wow. That's hilarious. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so we didn't get that scene. Doesn't Lee seem like he's pissed off at her for, for uh, like, poking the bear about Francine? He's just like, like, Amanda, why do you even bother kind of thing? Did you guys notice that or not? No, I'm pissed off, but more just like, oh, why did she, you know, maybe the part of them going back and forth at it a yeah, little bit. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, now we're, Lee's up in the Q Bureau. He's got... Captain Ronson there, who I really seriously think looks like an older version of, of Lee. I do too. That was my first thought. It's yeah. Like, honestly, to me, he kind of looks like um, Bruce and Paul Barnes had a baby and then <laughs> Well, that's an interesting uh, combination. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Especially from the side. I don't know what it is, but definitely, like, Bruce kind of looks like now yes that's what i mean yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's so weird even when they're sitting profile the two of them it there's a lot of similarities there for sure so the captain explains that he was one of the the naked boatmen and that he's got some other secrets that he had a baby out of wedlock Uh, and uh, he's got a daughter that he doesn't know. I mean, he knows of her. She doesn't know of him. And the daughter thinks that her father is this person that's been raising her as such, and he doesn't want that to change. He doesn't want to, you know, ruin her life. And uh, so he wants to get those files and make sure they don't come out in the newspaper like all the other things have been so far. And so Lee's, you know, got an inkling that these are from the – notorious J. Edgar Hoover files that everybody, there's rumors that he had files on everybody so that he could use them to manipulate people into doing what he wanted. And uh, he's like, I I didn't think those were there. I thought they were buried somewhere. And he goes, well, secrets like this have a way of coming out. And then we join Lee and Amanda in uh, what looks like hell for Amanda and heaven for Lee. (laughs) He's like right in his, uh, comfort zone and amanda just wants to curl up with a good book and go to bed i think (laughs) yeah 
I know. You don't like Craiger? No. <laughs> Lexi and I used to work with a guy named Craig, and we used to call him Craiger all the time because of this. We're like, oh, have you met Craiger? <laughs> I love how Lee leaves her and tells her to like mingle and stuff, and she's and then the first skeezy guy that comes up, she's like, oh, <coughs> and then she just leaves. <laughs> That's brilliant. That is brilliant. (laughs) Oh, I I have COVID. I'm sorry. I need to leave. I know. A a 2020 version of Amanda's blow off. (laughs) That's so funny. But she's standing there. I love how she's like. You were really having a great time, aren't you? Well, that's why they call it happy hour, Amanda. Get in the mood. I'm trying to get in the mood, but my feet are killing me. We've been standing up for two hours, you know? You know this smile that I got on my face? Uh-huh. I don't even know what it looks like anymore. I'm afraid it might be scary. You know what I'm saying? In the script, different uh, dialogue going back and forth. Uh, Amanda looks a little frazzled, a little uptight. Lee's totally relaxed. More than once, he smiles, waves hello to several lovely ladies. Amanda can't help but notice, of course. And Amanda says, you're certainly having fun. And Lee says, that's the idea, Amanda. That's why they call it happy hour. Get in the mood. She's like, how? I haven't met anyone yet that looked happy. Besides, my feet hurt. My jaw's sore from smiling so much. And I have... And if I have to talk with one more graduate of Georgetown Law who's working as an under assistant secretary in the Department of Labor, I'll scream. And Amanda stops, takes off a shoe and rubs her foot. Lee smiles sympathetically. He gestures toward a bar called Kelsey's. Um, Look, we'll, we'll hit this bar and a couple more places, then we'll call it a night. We can't expect to uh, get a nibble on the first time we go out trolling. So then uh, as Lee's uh, talking, a bevy of pretty girls pass by. They smile, wave to Lee. He waves back. Amanda frowns, puts her shoe back on. She says, you should run for mayor, sighing. Well, let's go be happy. And Lee smiles again, takes her arm. The manager is a friend of mine. I'm going to check with him. Start without me. She goes, doing what? He goes, going with. And then she finishes the flow, right? Oh, man. And then there, there's a whole th- thing with Kreger. Kreger, man, he's just a he's just a hot mess. Mm-hmm. So the whole Kreger thing, it's kind of funny. In the script. Yeah, in the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, crowded with people, talking, laughing, music clinking, glasses. Lee and Amanda survey the place. Lee turns, moves through the crowd. As he does, we see a couple of guys at the bar check Amanda out. One of them, Craig, is is in his th- early 30s, handsome, wearing a three-piece suit, regimental tie. He moves to Amanda. Hi, Craig Lofton. Everyone calls me Craiger. She goes, oh, how interesting. I noticed you when you came in. We've met somewhere. She goes, oh, no, I don't think so. He goes, oh, no, I'm sure we have. At Senator Bacon's cocktail party? She goes, I don't know Senator Bacon. He goes, at the reception for Joan Sutherland at the Kennedy. She goes, I don't know Joan Sutherland either. He goes, the champagne brunch at the BMW rally. She goes, champagne makes me nauseous. He's smiling. Well, maybe it was our distant past. I went to law school at, she goes, Georgetown. I know, but we still don't know each other. (laughs) And then Amanda starts to move away. Craig gives it one more shot. He goes, in the cafeteria at the Department of Transportation. Amanda doesn't bother to turn around. She just keeps on walking, meeting Lee as he moves through the crowd. He goes, what's wrong? She goes, I think I'm going to scream. (laughs) Amanda, you've got to relax. She goes, that's tough to do when you feel like bait on a hook. He goes, well, at least try wiggling a little. <laughs> oh, my God. Try wiggling? 
She shoots, Amanda shoots Leah look, but his attention's been diverted across the room. He stands on tiptoes to get a better look. She says, what's wrong? He goes, isn't that Agnes? And Amanda glances around the room, across the room. And then all the rest is that is on there. <laughs> well, at least try wiggling. <laughs> Jeez, can you even picture that? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> Come on, boys. Like, wiggle, 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 wiggle it just a little bit. Wiggle it just a little bit. Good old Gregor. I don't like his jacket. jacket? Yeah, that gray. It's like um yeah. that naughtiness, that um oh, what do you call that? Where, like, the thread is, like, knotted and stuff, and it's nappy. You know what I'm talking about? Tweed? Yeah, it's, like, weed with white or something. Yeah. No, it's not tweed. not sure what it is. It was definitely an 80s look, for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I just don't care for it. I, I forget what it... It's kind of like... I don't know. Um, You'd think Agnes would be getting a little suspicious by now. That maybe the guy they're looking for is her boyfriend. Yeah, but you know, maybe she's just blind to, you know, finally she has somebody who actually cares about her. And I don't know, maybe love is blind yeah, Amanda, kind of Amanda thing. Amanda didn't have to wiggle on the hook. She just had to look uh, vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Well, if he's, I mean, just he's describing him in the staff meeting or his, you know, his briefing. But he doesn't mention him by name. But he says that his source, yeah, that he trolls these bars, and then. But she probably doesn't. But that's what I'm saying. She, you know how love is blind. Yeah. You, you don't. You don't go. Oh, I think my boyfriend might be that. You know. You think. Oh, he loves me so much. He would never. Because even when she's confronted with yeah. it being him, she doesn't believe him. She's like, no, that's not my Nikki. You know what I mean? So, I don't think she would even put those two things together. She bothers me like that. Yeah. Yeah, this episode, the whole time through, she's just like, well, she's, I don't know. she's just, she's sad and lonely, you know? I'm just not, I'm just not as trusting. I'm more suspicious by nature, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, she, she's essentially 30-some years old, and probably this is the first adult boyfriend she's probably ever had, it seems like. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems like. Jeez, uh, I hope not. <laughs> I just, it seems like it. She's very, like, it's probably her most intense relationship. I'll give her, you know, I'll say she maybe had a boyfriend, but the most intense mm-hmm. one. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I don't like women who don't stand up for themselves or aren't aware of their environment. Because- right. But not to be a spoiler, but at the end, she's like, starts hitting him. She's like, no, you've used me enough. So it's finally, she's finally pushed to that edge where she's like, no, I'm done. You're not using me anymore. You know? So she came to it, albeit a little late, but she did come to it. Like a lot late. Yeah, a lot late for sure. So now it's evening and Lee and Amanda are in Billy's office. Billy seems to just spend the night there now, it seems. (laughs) And, uh. And they're looking at pictures and there's, you know, pictures of um, Kelsey's bar. And she's like, who took these? And he's like, who doesn't? You know, everybody. Now in the script, Francine's in the room, but not in this one. Um, Not in the actual film version. It's just uh, the three of them, Billy, Lee, and Amanda. And so, so in the script where they're talking about that it's Nick Cross and Agnes is tied up into this somehow and he's using her. And Billy's like, she's a research librarian who works with classified documents. It's no coincidence. Pay her a visit, Scarecrow. Take a sweeper with you, knowing Cross, he might have bugged the place. And Amanda says, poor Agnes. She jumps when someone slams the door too hard. This will scare her to death. Maybe I could. And she kind of 
drifts off. And then Billy says, I was thinking the same thing, Amanda. And Billy says, Billy, I conducted a few interviews. And Amanda says, this is different. Agnes is a lady. <laughs> and then, Aww. and then Lee, Lee goes, what's that supposed to mean? I'm not exactly Jack the Ripper. <laughs> oh my God. And then Francine to Amanda says, nice, Amanda, open foot, insert mouth. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> I'm not exactly Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yeah. That was cute. He might not have that delicate touch. No, exactly. Exactly. And usually he wants her to go with. So why is he, you know, dragging his feet on that? He always wants her to come help, you know, with all, all the, the, the feel stuff, you know, the touchy feely stuff. So why is he being a booger on it now? I wonder. He has his pride. I can do it. I can do it. What? I'm a, I'm a full full agent <laughs> yeah it's just interesting that now uh he's Amanda is the perfect perfect person to question exactly Agnes. sometimes you need to tread very lightly and she treads the lightest so billy agrees and says okay both of you go and she goes okay yes sir and he and she looks at him and she goes well you're okay with that and he just goes yeah like okay fine so now they are at Agnes's place and Lee's got his little bug zapper <laughs> and he's scanning for bugs. She looks like she's making an apple pie and she asks Amanda to get the cinnamon out. So she goes into the cupboard and she's like, alphabetical, of course. Well, in her apartment, that, like, I know she's a librarian, but that like brick book wall, uh-huh. that is like, I saw that, I was like, that is really cool. That was, then, that brick is gorgeous. I like it with the brick. It's yeah. Really the brick is gorgeous. And then to have a whole wall of books, that's really cool. Yeah. Lee finds a transmitter in the seam of her purse. By the way, I have to pause for a second. I do like his shirt. It's something different for him. It's like purple and gray plaid. Oh, yeah. That is cute. It's nice. Uh-huh. And it complements her outfit, too, because hers has that. They all complement each other, actually. Mm-hmm. Agnes has really pretty eyes. Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah. Her hair is horrible, but yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. Just because I'm bold enough to say it doesn't mean you're not thinking it. (laughs) Maybe she's playing that librarian role, you know. Yeah, but she that's her haircut. It's not like they made her get a haircut for the show. I guess. She's like they usually have it in like the not usually, but I'm saying as a librarian, you know, you could cut it like up and tight in a bun if she had had long hair yeah 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 that's what i mean so here's the scene one of you guys said you loved i can't remember i'm sorry yeah 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 that's what i was sorry and it was one of you two broads (laughs) just kidding it's very cute i did like how amanda thought on her feet and she's um he held up the transmitter she grabbed a glass of water and then took it from him dropped it right in there (laughs) and she goes what it works (laughs) And he's like, well, okay, yeah, it does, but not the it's not the official way to get rid of it. Which I wonder what it is, smashing it on the ground or <laughs> she, she drops it in and then that's when kind of reality hits for Agnes, I think. She realizes this is this is real. My so-called boyfriend has been spying on me and she goes into her room and kind of takes a moment, I think. And Lee's like, you know, we got to figure this out. We have to get all the answers he wants. You know, he's a guy. He wants it all right now. He wants to figure out and be able to question her and everything. And Amanda's like, look, we've just broken her heart. All she can think about now is how terribly she's been betrayed. She's probably part of a major security breach. We do not have time to be patient. Lee, we're talking about love. When you're talking about love, you have to be patient. Aw. 
absolutely gives you the feels. And then the look yes. on her face for just just a briefest moment is, oh, shit, uh, I stepped in it. What did I just say? You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's been patient with him, like, forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? She's going to grow old, man, waiting for him, slow as he is. I feel bad for her. She's like, she gets lonely and she's embarrassed because she was lonely and went to these single bar, singles bars. And, uh, which everybody does nowadays, but back then, I maybe, I don't know, I was, I was like 12, 13 years old. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about singles bars back then. So I don't know, maybe it was a bit, you know, normal thing, but it seemed to have like a taboo to it back then. It seemed to. I mean, just she's embarrassed that she even went there. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. I don't remember back then. Embarrassed that like she like that he went there, not not of the place that she was there, but that she herself like knowing who she is as a person. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's a taboo to it. I think more back then than there is now. Maybe we can ask some of the older fans i don't know maybe maybe it's kind of like internet dating is now yeah you know, with, you know, my connotation with yes that's little, what i mean like she's like you know oh well we met online you know everybody's always like oh yeah. it, nowadays people are like oh yeah we met online but but 10 years yeah. ago people were like yeah we met online and they don't like to tell people that well a lot of people now just go out after work and have a drink at happy hour i mean it's not it's not, I mean, it's not like a big dating scene. It's more like a, just a social. Right. Maybe, I think maybe in the 80s, it was more like, you know, the dating scene. You're trolling, trolling. You're going to be painted with a broad brush of, oh, you're one of those people. You know what I mean? That's what it seems to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we can ask people. I don't know. She seems to be kind of embarrassed by going there. And, and Amanda's like, everybody gets lonely. It's fine. There's nothing to be ashamed of kind of thing. It's She's very thoughtful and very um, understanding. It's very sweet. And it was smart of Billy to send her there. <laughs> We've just broken her heart. All she can think about is how terribly she's been betrayed. You're talking about love. When you're talking about love, you have to be patient. Just for a second, you guys. Just for a quick second, she puts the shutters away after. But she has that moment like, Oops, I said a little too much. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Amanda's outfit. The color's muted, which is is fine. It's just so big yeah. and boxy on her. It's her MO. Yeah. She looks pretty, though, her makeup and hair and everything. Yep. She goes, oh, Amanda, I never knew. I never abused my clearance, but I should have suspected. But she's saying it's not too, Amanda's telling her it's not too late. You can still help us. We can still figure this out and, you know, stop the leaks and such. And she goes, I don't want revenge. I just want Nikki. How would she, how, uh, like, uh, the three of us are like, I would never want to go near that guy again. But she wants, she still wants him. He's not that great, honey. <laughs> He's not that into you. It's, it's like a grieving process, I think. Like, she hasn't quite gotten there yet. Yeah. You know. Luckily, she does by the end. Thank goodness. But yeah, but yeah you're but right. Yeah, it, it is a grieving process. Like, she's just thinking, I felt so happy and now all that's going to be gone. I want to go back to that. Even yeah. knowing what she knew, I guess. Which is sad. Right. But she'd rather be ignorant. And yeah. Yeah. But... She takes a little bit longer. Like, I go from zero to grab and twist his balls in, like, <laughs> five minutes. She's going to take her, like, the whole episode. Right. Yeah, because then she really does. She gets mad. And she does want to twist some balls. Right. You're right. <laughs> 
It's true, though. I mean, she she still wants him and everything. And then, you know, closer to the end of the episode, spoiler, she's like, I want him dead. I want his mother dead. I want his children, future children dead. You know, I mean, she goes from zero to 60, like you said, really quick. She doesn't get like, well, spoiler, but we know she gets gassed and then uses a hostage. All that before she tw- turns on him. Which is, yeah. Yeah, it would have happened way before that. Yeah. <laughs> His his balls would be an advice if Jen were there. <laughs> this is this is true. So now Ronson, Captain Ronson, is meeting Nick Cross because he's being blackmailed because of that information about his daughter uh, out of wedlock. And Ronson's about to about two seconds from beating the crap out of him. And he's like, oh, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Unless she, he goes, think of Mary. <laughs> Ugh. The guy's a good actor, that Bo Hopkins. He's a good actor because yeah. you just want to punch him in the face. Or Jen wants to do other things to other body parts of him. But he he is evil. I mean, you just, you want to really, you do feel that, uh, where you just want to punch him because he's such a jerk. It's that like manipulative without empathy. Yeah, the really lack of empathy. Me. Exactly. He said, um, my next customer is going to be the Washington Post. So we, he did mention that. And uh, I love how he goes, he goes, where did you get these? He goes, he goes, J. Edgar, may he rest in peace. <laughs> it's like, really, dude? And he's saying he's th- his worst nightmare. He's he's J. Edgar's ghost. Hence, we always have to hear the episode title in s- spoken, verbally spoken. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. It always does. They always end up squeezing it in somehow. Yeah. And other times it's like, where did they get this episode? Yeah. Where you're like, like the one bear dances, one bear doesn't. They obviously couldn't get that one in there, but (laughs) that'd be a mouthful. Ronson's saying, tell me what you want. I just want to be away from you. He, he's just like sickened by this guy. And he wants the, the nuclear codes. And he's like, are you crazy? That would render us like helpless the Russians. He goes, those codes, the Russians can neutralize our entire sea-based nuclear deterrent. Who the hell do you think you are to give them that? He goes, I'm the worst nightmare this country's ever seen. I'm Jay Edgar's ghost. consider giving it to him, Ted, giving it to him for... No. I mean, I know he's trying to set him up so they can catch him, but I mean, I would think, yeah, that people would be, well, I'll have a hard conversation with my daughter... Mm-hmm. Um, right. Or I give out all these codes that yeah. get a lot of people killed. No. But you know what? When people are being blackmailed, they don't think of that. They think of their only, they have to protect their secret. You know what I mean? Like that's all they think about instead of most people don't go, I'm just going to tell everybody and let the chips fall where they may kind of thing, you know, where yeah. instead of. You know, they're just like, what, what does this person want? Okay, I have to get that for them. And, at, you know, no matter what, like, yeah. uh, by all means, instead of just going, you know. Well, he's a military guy. Yeah. But you think he would he would have enough training or enough understanding of, like, the importance. Like John said, have a difficult conversation versus. Oh, well, I think at this point he's already told Lee about this. So yeah. I think from then on, he's like, he's gonna, he's never going to give him the codes. He's, he's yeah. massaging this relationship so that he can, they can get him in the end. Gotcha. At the okay. end, when he gives those codes away, mm-hmm. there's nothing in there that's going to be anything of value. I'm sure. Gotcha. So I guess when I was watching it, I was thinking like he was, 
thinking like, oh, maybe I'll do it, or like he was thinking that what, but he was saying he was just playing if he along. if he if he was gonna do that, uh, there's no way in hell he would have went to an, a federal agent and told mm-hmm. them because then That's Lee true. would know that it was him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. That makes sense. So the minute he went and told Lee, that's when you knew he was never going to play ball with, with Cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we are, Lee comes back and, and mentions that Cross has emptied out his apartment. His uh, answering service doesn't have a forwarding address for him and he's nowhere to be found. And Francine and Amanda and Agnes are in the Q Bureau when he walks in and tells them that. And they're still trying to figure out like where Agnes has been and... Francine says something really, really snarky and nobody even stops, even pauses for a second. Francine goes, well, it appears that Agnes here certainly gets around. <laughs> like, why would you say that? That is so rude. <laughs> she goes, and, and nobody even stops and goes like, Francine, you know, they just ignore. Her. Uh, she works at nine different federal records warehouses and 35 floors of paperwork. That's about uh, 250,000 different documents per floor. Times 35. Holy crap. She's definitely not thumbing through all those pages. Right. She, like things. you said, she's doing the table of contents and that's it. And now she's saying that she brought home, they've been dating for six months. Ew. And uh, she brought home 12 documents every day. One, I wouldn't think the government would let her do that. Doesn't that seem odd? It does seem odd. Yeah, that was the part. Like, I could see her bringing home the table of contents or checking them real quick, but bringing home the actual files... I guess they're declassified, so... They're classified until she deems them declassifiable. <laughs> yes, that's a word. Look it up. <laughs> until she I don't know. until she decides, you know, um, says, yeah, these are these can be declassified and burned. I thought she was just checking them, but maybe she is the final say, uh, you know... It seems like she is. That, yeah, but... it seems like she is. But I could be wrong. The pin she's wearing looks like a bug. They should check that out. <laughs> It does. <laughs> Just like uh, Amanda's, uh, was that a conch ring or whatever she had? Oh, the concubine ring. Yes. It's a friendship ring. A friend gave it to her. It's a friendship <laughs> ring. <laughs> Agnes has a friendship pen. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, um, what do we think about Lee's coat? I like it. Yeah, it's, it's got some... Uh, I like the texture and the color. and I like the collar a lot. Yeah. And then a face like that in that clothes shot. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, he does look good. What's that thing next to him? It looks like a sailor sculpture. Do you see it? I thought it was a scarecrow at first, but now that you said sailor, that's Do you see it has good. that little um, bolo tie type thing? Not bolo tie, but what is yeah. that? Uh, that's a little sailor yeah, knot. It looks like a voodoo doll sailor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a zombie one. <laughs> yeah. It's a zombie sailor scarecrow. <laughs> it is weird. I've never seen that in there before. Well, now Lee's asking, have you ever heard of Jedgar's files? And she's like, no. He goes, they, they, they might have been hidden in some of those reports buried in the warehouse. She goes, well, I only looked at the table of contents. You know, she wouldn't know it was inside. And Lee says, well, Cross does. But how does Cross know? How does he know? Did he just stumble upon them? He just knows they're probably buried somewhere in the in some files, but man, it could be anywhere. I mean, that could take forever. I don't know how he figures he's going to stumble across them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would just be luck. Yeah. And maybe that's what he probably one night was, 
you know, after he banged her, he probably was going through her stuff and found it and then was like, oh, it's a gold mine and started. Because it seems like it'd be weird that he would know about J. Edgar's files and Lee wouldn't. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or even the slice idea where to look. Yeah. So it seems like it'd be just accidental. Lee says, you only brought home samples, right? And she said, yeah, one from each batch. Just to make sure. Just as a precaution to check before we declassify and burn them. So Lee's saying, okay, well, maybe he wants the rest of them. So let's see if we can bait the hook and and have him chomp on it. I like uh, Francine in the white. I don't like the big white earrings, but Amanda looks huge. And by huge, I mean like normal. But she looks so much bigger than she really is in that outfit. Yeah. She looks like a linebacker standing there. A very petite one. But you know what I mean? Like she just, she looks like three times bigger than she really is. It's shoulder pads. But it's like even the front part, it's just very, like the blouse is really blousey and the sweater vest thing is just a sweater vesty. And then the skirt is very um, loose looking too. It's not like the form fitting. I don't know. I just don't care for it. The color's nice. So Lee's come up with uh, an idea to use the files and Agnes's bait. Amanda's like, will he take the bait? And he goes, probably, he probably knows that Agnes is working with us, but he's, the man he knew always stuck his neck out for the big score. So he thinks, he thinks that this will get him to go no matter what. Lee and Amanda are at her house now and she's calling Nikki and saying, you know, well, why don't you just tell me, you know? And he's like, oh, cupcake, da, 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 I love you. She does pretty well though. She didn't sound like she was faking it. Right. Of course, at this time she probably isn't faking it. She probably still loves him. Yeah. Dumb woman. So now Lee gives her a compact that has a homing device in it. And I love it. She goes, now, don't worry. He won't hurt you because you're his meal ticket. And she goes, right? And Lee's like, yeah. <laughs> it's just these little things that are showing that she's getting to be one of them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lee and Amanda are kind of hidden back waiting for Nikki to come pick her up. And then they start following her. They're in a like a nondescript van. He seems suspicious of her. And she's like, you know, how come everything's so secret? He goes, it's something important. National security work. And guys like Stetson are trying to stop me. I've got to get the rest. And then she knows exactly where those files can be found. I don't know how off the top of her head. And uh, she's like, yeah, these are just routine things. She goes, they're um, scheduled to get burned. They're probably only classified because they were related to the budget. He seems very uh, skeptical, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they pull into this drive parking lot area and he just stops the car and just abandons it. I'm surprised he didn't make her throw her purse away. Well, it doesn't matter because he's I know. got this plan with the uh, tire disseminator, whatever they call those things, in the parking lot. Because he, if he pulls in there, he knows that if Lee pulls in behind him, he can't get back out. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's actually pretty clever. Mm-hmm. Because he's got a block with a van. Yeah, and he's going to have to get it towed or something. Agnes is taking him to the 30th Street Depository. And for all she knows, they're still following her. But now they're going to be out of range now because he's abandoned the van. And they're far, far away now. Because Lee was hanging back. And Amanda's like, it's getting quieter. And he goes, it's okay. We need to stay back a little. We don't want to spook him. And she's like, I just wish we could see them. Well, you should have listened to Amanda because now they've just lost the homing device and now they don't know where Agnes is. 
And I, I like how she goes, and we just lost our we just lost our homing device, and then she turns it off, flicks it off, and shuts it. Like, now what, spy boy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was cute. So they get into a like a big work box work truck. It's called Carl's Corn Chips, <laughs> and they take off to go to the depository. You can see there's a little Mustang, an old Mustang there. That looks like my old one. Uh, except mine was maroon. That one's red. Does not look like a Mustang at all. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> but it was. Ooh, he does almost ruin his tires, though. She sighs really big. And it looks like your Homer just struck out. <laughs> and he's like, oh. He probably hates it when she's right. Yep. They are going to the records building, and she knows exactly where she needs to go to get these things. And that's why he's using her. Jerk. Once he's gotten the information out of her, he just lets her, puts handcuffs on her and handcuffs her to the, to a pole. Like she was going to do anything to harm, you know, to like be an issue for him. And then he puts a smoke bomb. It's insult to yeah. Injury. Unnecessary. And then he puts a smoke bomb like right in her, right in, right next to her. Mm-hmm. Like how's she going to breathe? And he's just like, remember there's a reason for why I do everything. It's like. Yeah, because you're a jerk. <laughs> so he's got, he's, it's pretty smart for a jerk. He's got uh, his fireman garb on, sets the smoke bombs so that he'll blend in when the firemen get there. And he's got the air tank on there so he can, he can uh, breathe while he's going through everything. So he, he knows exactly where he's going. He grabs the files and he loads them up and puts them in his little corn truck. And then the firemen get there and, uh, Lee and Amanda get pull in just shortly after. Yeah, he's pretty calm, like, through everything. Through this, later when he has to hide the files. He's a, he's a calm little jerk. He's a con artist, man. <laughs> he's never hurried or stressed out. Like, you know, just load these up. Yep. Now, in the script, it, there's a little bit of banter from Lee and Amanda that we don't get in the film version. Because when they pull up, Lee says, go around the backside. And he's going to go in with the tank. And, and that's it. But Lee and Amanda jump out, shocked. Lee has, has a small homing device receiver. It's beeping again. They run to the empty van. Lee says, look out here for Agnes. And Amanda says, Lee, you can't go inside. Let the firemen. And then he, he says, they won't know how to handle cross. Be careful. And then he leaves and runs in. So Lee gets all the, the tank on so he can go in there and uh, try and find Agnes and Nick Cross. Lee comes in and, and he hears Agnes calling for help. And so he nicely, as a gentleman should, uh, gives her his mask so she can breathe. And then he helps her get out of there. And then Amanda runs in and she finds, she finds Nick and he looks right at her. Thank goodness he doesn't have a gun, which is odd. Don't you think that's odd he didn't have a gun? Honestly, for him, no. For most baddies, yes, it would be weird. But he's just seen so, like, unaffected by everything. He just has this, like, supreme confidence in his ability to be... Like, to just get in and get out and nonchalant. Jen, what you said earlier, I think is totally accurate as far as his character. He's just a little a little jerk. Mm-hmm. So, in his mind, he wouldn't need a gun because he could just... That's probably true. He'll just skedaddle right out and there'll be no worries, no problem for him. It's very calm. Amanda comes and tells Lee, hey, you know, there he is, there he is. And then he jumps down and, and shoots a couple of shots off, but they, they don't, you know, hit their mark or anything. Either he hit his gas tank. I think he might have hit his gas tank 
Because now Nick has no gas in that truck, which he would have made sure he had. So Lee must have hit his gas tank and all the gas came out. Which is convenient because he could just follow the trail of gasoline. Oh, that's a good point. Good point. But yeah, I don't know if they did. Yeah, he did hit it because there's gas just pouring out right now. Cross is, again, being resourceful. He takes all the boxes that he um, pulled out of there and dumps them in the dumpster to come back and get later. Yeah, he thinks on his feet for sure. Mm-hmm. He doesn't panic. Like, oh, I'll just move these over here. And so Lee and Amanda are driving and they see down the alley, they see his truck. So they pull in. It's abandoned and it's emptied. So they're probably assuming that he had a getaway vehicle and took off with the files that way. When in actuality, they're only a mere few feet away from them. Lee tells her, stay down. She's like, right, and goes right down. She's so nosy. She, like, puts her head back up, like, I got to see what's going on. (laughs) That collar does look nice on that pop collar. Isn't that interesting? Nobody ever wears pop collars anymore, but they look so nice when people do. (laughs) They do. They frame the face. Yeah. Oh, right there. Oh, that shot when he comes around and uh, sighs and shrugs. That's a really good shot. So Lee finds that there's nothing there. They've missed him. And then uh, we're back to the, the depository. And what's Francine's issue? Francine's like talking to Agnes like she's a 90 uh, year old deaf woman. She's like, where are they? It's like, okay, she's just coughing. Relax. She can still hear. Yeah, she just can't exactly. <laughs> what do you guys think of uh, Francine's coat? The black leather. It's kind of poofy at the bottom. I don't yeah. Know why it's poofy it looks like one of those bubble dresses but a coat yes really don't yeah not a big fan and then uh, amanda comes up she's like how's agnes and francine i don't know if francine's just like oh she's not doing well or if she's like i have no idea that means i would have to know about feelings like <laughs> not sure which one it is <laughs> and then amanda uh goes over and, and uh, plays mother hen with Agnes and, and checks to make sure she's okay, which is very sweet. Now, this is one of my favorite scenes of this episode is between Dottie and Amanda. When Amanda comes home and obviously smells like uh, a bonfire, you know, it's it doesn't smell like cigarette smokes, smoke. It smells like bonfire, you know, those smoke bombs, mm-hmm. I would think. Although I guess it's a smoke bomb, so I don't know what they smell like. Maybe it does smell like cigarette smoke. I just assumed it would smell like campfire. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you smell like somebody who's been around, uh, smoked three packs a day. And she's like, we were in the editing room. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not really. That excuse would work back then, not today. Yeah, exactly. I love how Kate just grabs her feet and just starts massaging them. Yeah, that'd be handy. (laughs) my feet. If I were Beverly, I'd be like, oh, I screwed up my scene again. We got to start over. Just so I get my feet rubbed that many times. Get all the angles. Should we do it again? <laughs> yeah, right? Wrong. It's just funny that she would just grab her feet. That's so weird. Like, it's so um, intimate, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, like, I don't know. That seems like a, like a ingrained family trait that they would do it. So to me, it seemed just, like, super, like, natural and just, like, something that a family. Like, my oh, grandma. Totally. Was, totally. You know, like, that, it just seems... They're so, I know that they didn't necessarily like get along all the time, Beverly and Kate, but their relationship, whenever I see it, it just seems so natural yes. and so authentic. And everything that they do, like you could tell, I mean, they're just the epitome of, of great actors because they're just, you believe it. Yes. You're watching it. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's totally in character. Totally in character. I'm saying 
I'm just surprised that Kate would want to touch her feet. Like, it just seems like, oh, I'm not touching your feet. She said she was a method actor, Yeah, she right? definitely is. <laughs> For sure. Well, and Beverly can say that she had her feet rubbed by <laughs> There you go. <laughs> That's hilarious. You rubbed my feet. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Dottie is explaining to Amanda that there was another a story in the paper and it's funny cause Amanda goes, Oh, the, the Senator in the hot tub. It's like, she already knew, even though she didn't see the paper, she knew about it because of work. It was just kind of funny that they knew it differently. I love the ty- the, the headline rub a dub dub hot tub. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, she goes, yeah. Oh, in the hot tub. She goes, I mean, I was intrigued for about 10 seconds. And then I wish this shame to myself. <laughs> She's like, why? We're talking about real people with real feelings and real careers. She goes, right. She goes, well, I just don't think that, that they should print that kind of garbage. Do you agree? She goes, yes. She goes, all right, good. I'm glad you said that because I want you to sign this. <laughs> She's like, what is this? This is so cute, this whole little scene. And then when she's done, when she goes like that with her hands, I love that. That is the funniest thing. Why does she do that? Like she's saying, you know, I took care of that and my hands are clean from this now. I guess. I, I don't know exactly, but that's what kind of what I got from it. <laughs> and then I don't know. It's kind of odd. It I was odd. And then you know, Kate's like, yeah. like, and Dottie seems really put off by it. <laughs> it was weird, but funny. Yeah, I thought you guys might have some insight. No, on that one not at all. I I wouldn't have even to have um, Amanda sign, you know, the paper. I wouldn't have moved it if I was getting my feet rubbed. I'd be like, wait a minute, then I'll get the paper for you. <laughs> Just a few more, a few more scr- uh, rubs there, please. <laughs> you, you can't move because then they stop. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. In the script from that last scene we just were in, she says, you smell like a three pack a day smoker. Where have you been? Oh, I've been inside an editing room all day. All these things you do these days, you never used to. Sometimes I wonder if I really know you, Amanda. As Dottie talks, Amanda realizes she's sitting on something, pulls out Dottie's insider. The feeling's mutual. This is a new issue of the insider, mother. You bought this, didn't you? Dottie nodding. I was in the fast checkout lane buying some dinner for tonight. Someone had to. I saw another one of those nasty expose articles. This one on poor Senator Connors. And Amanda says, in the hot tub. She said, yes. And it just hit me. These stories are about real people with real families and real careers. And Amanda appears at the paper she's holding, reads from it. Elvis Presley, alive and working as dentist in Argentina. Martian family buys convenience store. Dottie says, well, enough of them are real. I don't think they should be printing this trash. And Amanda says, what are you going to do? People buy the papers. You bought, you bought it. She says, that's a typical attitude, Amanda. We can't just stick our heads in the ground. Someone's got to do something. It's a shame you couldn't use some of your time for a cause. Amanda, you'd feel wonderful. Trust me. Dottie gets up with her paper and leaves. Amanda sighs if her mother only knew. So now Ronson's at at his office and the phone rings. And guess who it is? Nick Cross has has, uh, the information on his daughter, which everything he feared was happening is happening. And uh, he's threatening to go talk to her at her boarding school he's like i've got what you want he goes i've been waiting all day he goes relax just getting my ducks in a row he goes yeah well i'm twisting in the wind he's not happy old old lee is not happy so they've set up a time to meet lee and amanda in the car and lee's talking to billy 
stating that uh, he just got a call from Ronson, who just got a call from Nick Cross. And so they're on their way to meet him. And when Nick Cross goes to back to that dumpster to get his stuff, there's a big accident and the police are rerouting him and he is not happy because now he can't get his, his stuff. Oh, I guess that was Lee just in his car. Uh, Amanda is at Agnes's and she's trying to help her out and, you know, be there as a friend because she's so sweet. <laughs> and, and she's like, I don't want you to be lonely. She goes, I am lonely. I'm lonesome and I'm angry. And she goes, I feel ugly. And uh, Amanda's trying to make her feel better. And she's like, but, you know, I have to do this on my own, which is good. You know, this is growth for her, you know, at this point that she's okay with. Or do you think she's given Amanda the bum's rush? I don't know. I just thought of that. Maybe she, do you think? Um, I don't like the bum's rush. This is a Taya's tomorrow. Wait, you've never heard the bum's rush? No, not at all. Jen, have you? I think so. It, you I, know, you just, you, just you like. You mean that you're trying you to like. Blow them off. Blow somebody yeah. off yeah. so that you can get back to what you were doing. Yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like rush them. She unconsciously doing that. Like if she, you know, she's still processing it herself. She's not yeah. quite sure how to feel. She's just like, I want to be left alone and wait for Nikki to call. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm wondering is she's waiting for him to call or something. You know, I just thought of that. I was like, oh, I wonder if. At first, I thought she just wanted, you know, she's feeling down and just wants to be by herself. But then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe she's just trying to get rid of Amanda in case uh, Nikki I mean, It's probably she wanted some time alone, but also in her mind thinking, like, maybe he really does care. Maybe he will call. Yeah. And I, I, I would want to take that privately. Yeah. Um, and not have Amanda be here. Judging her. <laughs> or to try and track him down. Like, if he's going to call, he's going to call because he feels bad about what he did. And he really does love me. And Ugh. she'll want to do that privately i don't think that i don't think this is what you're asking but i don't think she would be waiting for him consciously waiting but maybe deep down thinking i can see that i can see Mm -hmm. that yeah yeah i think maybe one of those people that just needs to confront him about her hear his side herself yeah maybe but amanda leaves you know she's like all right and it's not it's so funny it's so not kate leaving (laughs) it's it's one of the better doubles but it's it's definitely not kate leaving the building and then it's also not agnes leaving the building either which is kind of funny she gets a call and it's nikki and he he's tells her how much he loves her and he wants to apologize and he wants to explain but he needs her help one more time Ugh, what a jerk and she does it what what if someone smoked me out like that like that would be it i mean Clearly, I mean, she could have died from that. Yeah. Spoken exactly. I mean, come on. Ugh. And then Amanda pulls from, from brunettes are in. She pulls a Lee, does a 180 on the road and then heads back. To, and luckily she does because she helped save her. And just in time, as she's pulling up, she sees that Agnes is leaving. In the film version, Amanda goes, oh, Agnes, where are you going? And just follows her. But in the script, Amanda says... Oh, Agnes, please be going to a weepy double feature somewhere and roars after Agnes in her car. It's kind of funny. One scene we didn't get right after Bronson and Cross have that phone conversation. And it's exterior Georgetown during the day. Lee and Amanda are walking with a singular looking man named Alexander B. Cromwell. From his cane and dark glasses, we realize ABC is blind. ABC is lost in thought. ABC says, where was I? Lee smiles to Amanda, suggesting there's no way to hurry getting information out of ABC. 
Lee says, you were telling us your Lincoln's assassin theory, ABC. And he says, theory? Theories take proof. Alexander B. Cromwell deals only in rumors, myth, and speculation. Gossip gets you a lot further in Washington, D.C. than theories. Amanda says, you think John Wilkes Booth didn't do it? And he says, so I hear, while poor Doc Mudd was taking the the heat for treating Booth's leg, Lincoln's real assassin was dining on press duck in a private car headed for Boca Raton, Florida. Amanda looks doubtful. ABC Cox's head in her direction. Hope you don't believe U.S. Grant's buried in Grant's tomb. Amanda reacts. Can he see her? And Lee sees opening. Um, what we really need, ABC, is some background on the Hoover files. Are they real? He says, that one comes up every five or six years. What's it to you? And Lee says, just say we may be on the trail. ABC says, some bureaucrat dusts off an old file cabinet, turns up a surveillance photo, thinks he's found the mother load. And Lee says, this time it could be real trouble if they exist. That's what we need to know. And ABC says, if my favorite word. And Amanda says, what can you tell us? How did they get lost in the first place? And ABC says, when Hoover died, they tried to seal his office. But if those files were ever there, they left. I hear they maybe went to the chimney of a certain prominent fireplace before the old man was even in the ground. Amanda says, we've seen photographs from them. And he says, like to believe they were loose again. This town's been pretty dull since Nixon quit stalking the hall at midnight, talking to the pictures on the wall. And Amanda says, is that really true? I've always wondered. And ABC says, does it matter? Stories are better than the real thing anyway, don't you think? See you folks later. And ABC continues uh, along the boulevard. The horn begins to honk by itself. Lee and Amanda cross to the Corvette. Lee reaches into the car and picks up the phone. Isn't that weird? Yes. It seems unnecessary. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, it's a whole new character we didn't even know existed out there, but... Yeah, it was weird. So then Lee and Amanda are uh, talking and Lee says, uh, Agnes was about to come unglued yesterday, Amanda. Maybe she'd like to know he's turned up again. She goes, I'll call her. He goes, go to her. I'll call you there once we we got cross in the bag. She goes, I see. The job's over. Thank you very much. Goodbye. As usual. Do you really think Agnes needs a babysitter? And Lee says, it's not just the babysitting, Amanda. She's been critical to everything so far. We asked her, uh, asked for her help. A good agent worries about the people he uses who can't take care of themselves. And she says, is that what you're doing now? He goes, please, Amanda, don't argue. I've got to set up the sting. Amanda heads for the wagon parked behind the Corvette as Lee picks up the car telephone receiver and punches in the number and waits. Billy, it's coming down. I need two teams of bloodhounds. And then it goes. She gets a little, she's getting, definitely getting some more confidence in her that she's standing up for herself, like that comment about, oh, okay, I see, it's time for me to go home now kind of thing. You know, like she's, Mm -hmm. instead of just going, oh, okay, he's going to make me go sit in the car kind of thing. She's just like standing up for herself. Yeah. So then we get the whole scene between her and Agnes and then leaves and then Amanda comes back and follows her. Now Lee is also set up uh, waiting for Cross to call Ronson in the car there and Ronson uh, lets Lee know where they're going. And then the two of them drive off to the, the location, which is supposed to be like a warehouse somewhere, um, which they actually have used a couple times. They use it in this area in um, Stemwinder too, um, for sure. And I, and I'm pretty sure they use it in one other episode. And now I can't remember off the top of my head. 
Which warehouse? It's not a where. It's that area that they they're calling oh. it. Um, I forget what they call it. Um, pipe factory. It's a pipe factory, but it's in LA, and they used it for Stemwinder too. And they also use it for. Or no, maybe it doesn't Stemwinder too. Uh, they use it for uh, Three Little Spies. For sure, they use it in Three Little Spies, and then in this one. Ever since uh, Dennis Duckwell told me that story about the warehouse. Oh my god, that uh, cooks me up. Power, I'm, I'm watching now, because it should be right in here somewhere. It might be, like, the next one. No, the, um, what's the one where she gets, like, handcuffed to a Oh, furnace? the triumvirate. That one's coming up, right? Yeah, but why do you think it's that one? Why do you think it's I, this time frame? I, I, I'm just watching to see which one I think it is. I oh, okay. I mean, because it could be. in that one where she goes in, they go into. See, when you told me that story, I, I immediately thought of Stemwinder 2. Yeah, I don't know. He's a part of all of these, so because Stemwinder two would have been part of, would have been filmed in the summer, which meant it would have been really hot. Which he said it was really hot. Yeah. God, that was a funny Maybe. story. Who's the yeah, fucking moron yeah. who didn't make sure there's power? <laughs> oh, he, he does have some good stories. If you didn't love Kate oh. already, when you hear that story, you gotta love her then. <laughs> I love that. Oh, Dennis. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall. Oh, God, I would have that. <laughs> it would have yeah. been so funny. You I know, because especially it's when it's it hot is. like that and you're already like you're it's like on top of it. If you're hungry and t- uh, like sweaty, you know, it's like that. Just you're just ever your your feelings are right on a, a, a simmer already. <laughs> so it doesn't take much. Well, if you don't have even power to film, let alone have some air conditioning yes and they're already sweaty and tired (laughs) (laughs) i love that story now i don't remember i i I guess i never paid attention to it but i don't remember francine being at the top of that building when they uh i guess i just didn't think about it when they come around she goes oh agnes is here and he's like what what's agnes doing here and she goes and then amanda's not too far behind and he's like what (laughs) like all these players are there that he wasn't expecting. He's not happy about it. <laughs> Cross is being a, a jerk. And he's using her as decoy. You know, it's like using her so that if any, any shooting happens, she's going to take it instead of him. What a jerk. I mean, just really? Like, could you be a bigger loser? Yeah. I don't think so. What do you guys should uh, nominate him as a villain? Why aren't you nominating it as a villain? <laughs> I already did one. I could do it. It's a different kind of villain. It's he is, but he's one of the worst kinds. The, mani- the manipulative. Yeah, you know, he's just a bad one. User. Yes. Yeah, but like I said, it's just a different kind of villain. But it's just as bad. Oh yeah. Uh, I would like to nominate this little bastard. I mean, um, this bad guy, uh, Nick Cross, as being just a smarmy little turd. And taking advantage of poor Agnes and probably a lot more women uh, like Agnes. So I will nominate him as one of our vile villains. Yes, we like alliteration here at MKC. His jacket. I know we've talked about his jacket before. So what other what other episode did he wear this with this beige stripe in it in the collar? Let me look here. I know we've seen it before and talked about it. So You're talking about at the warehouse? Lee, when he's waiting for Ted to get the call. Oh, the dark and the the tan. Okay. 
Mm. You guys are like the expert trivia, but I know, I know, I know I've seen this jacket before and I know we've talked about it. I'll have to think about it. I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay. I don't remember. I can go back and look because I'm just going to bug me for some reason. I don't know. Weirdest things bother me. I don't remember that one specifically. I mean, it looks familiar, but it could just be from this episode for me. I don't know. It's nice that they, they, they you know, keep their wardrobe in yeah. a way. You know, I do like that. Back. Where you see different things and, you know, yeah. it's more realistic. Yeah. Because people aren't always going to have new clothes for every episode. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Don't like Francine's big puffy uh, leather jacket here either. Uh, it's like that light tan. Yeah, well, like, I don't like that. Like it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge like on her. Yeah, it's weird. So see, this is the little warehouse that they use in Stemwinder 2, right mm-hmm. at um, 39 minutes-ish. That outside of that uh, warehouse, they use that uh, in Stemwinder 2, I believe. I asked him at the time if he remembered which one it was, and he couldn't. But oh, for your he, for the warehouse he, story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that cracks me up. Well, if he saw them all, he probably recognized them, but yeah. Yeah, probably. It's so, isn't it amazing? We, you know, we watch it so many times and, you know, if we had been there and lived through this, we would have remembered every moment, but for people that were in the middle of it, they don't remember anything. It's just so funny. And we remember everything. (laughs) It's all blurred to them. Yeah. So when Agnes pulls up, that's, that's what they used in uh, Three Little Spies. When they have those big convoys of trucks going through, yeah. um, that's from this this area. And then the warehouse part is from Stemwinder 2. So Agnes pulls up, Ronson goes over, and Amanda pulls up on the other side across from them, and she's kind of listening in. She can see the backside, so she sees Cross. Lee and, and Ronson don't see Cross yet, and Amanda's just listening in. Ronson is uh, conversing with Nikki by yelling. You know, they're just yelling at each other. And now Ronson's trying to get him to come out of the shadows. And the sharpshooter is ready for him to do that too. And then poor Agnes is like, is anyone here? Like, she's like, Mr. Stetson, if you're here, (laughs) I'm scared. If you're out there, could you please help me? She got herself into this. Yeah. (laughs) But you can see Lee feels bad. He's like, he's like, Ronson, just give her the documents, you know, because he's telling the guys, you know, don't shoot you. She's liable to get hurt. Even though the sharpshooter shoots at Nikki right with her there. It's like, dude, you're not that good. You can't just do that. But then she trips over a pipe and falls right on her keister. And then that flushes cross out, which then he tries to shoot. And Lee's like, you'll hit the woman. And then Ronson tries to run away and, and cross nicks him in the arm. So then Amanda, of course, gets in her vehicle when she sees that Nikki is going to make uh, Agnes drive a, drive away. So she gets in her car to stop them. I like Amanda here because it's like a modeling shoot with the wind blowing in her hair. I know. Her. She looks so pretty. <laughs> she looks so pretty. There. I like that sweater, too, because I think I have good fond memories of it because she was wearing that when they went on the Merv Griffin show and had that really cute interview between with the two of them. And so I just have fond memories of it. So it reminds me of that. And I think I like it extra because of that. Plus, I love purple. So now Agnes finally gets some gets some balls to herself. And she's like punching him saying, no, I'm not going with you. You use me enough. It's like, yes, finally. She understands, you know. And now... Lee and, and Nick are fighting each other. 
Ooh, Nick almost got him in the face. Ooh, I love the karate, the karate kid uh, flight thing. He's like, all right, now it's time to deal, Nikki. He goes, what kind of deal you have in mind, Stetson? He goes, the files, Hoover's files. How are they? I threw them away. You're not making this any easier. Where are they? Okay, all right. I put them in a dumpster for safekeeping. They're like, so I threw them away. <laughs> yeah. He just looks so crazy right there, doesn't he? He's like, yep, yeah, uh, I threw them away. <laughs> so this is a cute little moment. This is um, AJ Freeman, the actor there. <laughs> With the the suspenders and the hard hat on, they're like, you know, we're looking for a dumpster, and he's and he's like mumbles the whole way, like almost half of his lines are him mumbling, <laughs> and he's like, uh, I come at I come here at the break of dawn, I work hard all day, they want me to check on a dumpster. <laughs> She's like, any luck? He goes, yeah, here it is. He goes, what is it? Your wedding ring? She goes, engagement, <laughs> not missing a beat, engagement. <laughs> he goes, well, you're the third one this week, and I love their like. Where, where'd you dump it? They're, those are empty. She goes, where's the stuff? And he points in this huge pile. Does anybody else have an image of Lee and Amanda out there with gloves on and like masks? And like... Yeah. Picking up things like... Ugh. <laughs> and then the looks they give each other like, oh, really? That's when you come, uh, you call Billy and tell him to send over some rookies. Hey, they're hazing ritual. Yeah. Ugh. So Ronson comes to visit. He's He's got his arm in a sling from getting shot. And uh, Amanda knocks on the door and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she went to leave. And he goes, no, no, I was just coming to say thanks and goodbye. So they say good luck to him. And then he leaves. Amanda looks like she swallowed the canary. Right. <laughs> the cat that swallowed the canary. What you got there? Oh, just a little something from the Francine Desmond file. Oh? Uh-huh. Let me see it. You can look, but don't touch. What? Uh, 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 uh. Uh, Amanda, look, that was a uh, Christmas party three years ago. Oh? Silly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's not a very terrific thing to be showing people. They might misunderstand. Misunderstand this? I don't think so. What do you want for it? This? Oh, nothing. This is free. It's the negative that's going to cost you. How much? Oh, well, we'll probably start with uh, dinner at Spencer's and then we'll take it from there. <laughs> oh, it's so cute! <laughs> so does this imply that Francine is collecting her own files like Jay? And yeah! <laughs> that, I like that. I like that. I think that's great. Yeah, the Francine uh, Desmond files. Yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. Now, what's really funny, and then they hit dimple on him. Oh, my gosh. It's totally swoon-worthy. The, when we watch this, obviously, we don't want the sound coming for the, the, the um, podcast, so we have it muted. So then we, of course, have uh, subtitles on. Well, the subtitles, when it says about, uh, we'll start with dinner at Spencer's and take it from there, my subtitles said, we'll start with general expenses and take it from there. <laughs> <laughs> which seems very odd and out of place but whatever maybe she's offering yeah he's gonna do her general expenses <laughs> May- okay it sounds dirty i don't know why but it just sounds very dirty <laughs> but their facial expressions are so natural and very cute here at the end mm-hmm. 
And the script, they were talking with the garbage guy. He goes, here tis, picked it up at 428, peers at Amanda. Wedding ring? Startled Amanda starts to shake her head, gets a look from Lee, then plays along. Engagement, Lee says. And the foreman nods. My, my, that'd be the third one this week. Amanda says, could you tell us where they dumped it? He goes, they didn't dump it anywhere. Lee and Amanda exchange relieved looks. Maybe they're in time. Lee says, look, you could be part of a very important critical salvage job for your country. He says, I'm in disposal, not salvage. And Amanda says, it doesn't matter. Just find that dumpster for us. The foreman says, no problem. She's right there. Their point of view to dumpsters, a row of empty dumpsters. He goes, they're empty. Where's the contents? What'd you do with it? The foreman points a new angle to a gigantic machine which grinds and incinerates refuse. As we watch, another load is dumped in. The Hoover files are gone for good. Or are they? <laughs> That's what it said. Or are they? It's kind of oh, cute. Mm-hmm. Well, they really just want them destroyed, right? So hopefully they are. There's nothing different on the actual tag, surprisingly. They had it this cute early on. <laughs> good job, writer. I know. It's super cute. Although this is a really good writer. Uh, David G.B. Brown. Yeah. He wrote a lot of good scripts, though, in season three. So he had a lot of fun, which is, you know, funny because it's a guy. You'd think, you know, all these swoon moments, it's a guy writing them, you know? Yeah. That is one of the cuter ones. This is why we have this backed up a little bit further into the uh, season, because it's just such a cute moment. You can't have this earlier. You know what I mean? It just doesn't it yeah. doesn't flow as well as it does right now in this area, I think. For sure. Yeah, it's really cute, though. I really like this one. Just lots of different fun, you know, moments between Dottie and Amanda, between Lee and Amanda, Francine and Amanda, you know, just lots of cute ones. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Very sweet. Ernie the Cameron is back to bring you videos from the video vault for the episode of Jay Edgar's Ghost. Amanda flirting with Lee at the end to black and a male tied together. Good Amanda is very cute. So to celebrate that, we have a song. The song is Start of Something Good by Daughtry. And the video was created by Love SMK, and it's the start of something good indeed. The second song is also very fitting for this episode. It's called Friends and Lovers by Gloria Loring and Carl Anderson, and the video was created by M. Will. And both these videos can be found on YouTube, and we provide links on our website at nkcpodcast.com. It's time for Dottie's Bookshelf again, and this time Dottie's pulled a bonus story for us to recommend. Our first recommendation is We'll Take It From There by Julie R. This story was written in January 2001 and is an AU version of what happened on the blackmail date and what came after. Our second recommendation is A Moment Like This by B. Juice, written in August 2007 with about 3,600 words. This author decided to add a bit of filler in between the end of the case and the tag we saw. Dinner and a movie, anyone? Our third and final recommendation is A Tale of Blackmail and Courtship, written by Mindy Lane in December 2001 and has about 4,300 words. This author's take on the blackmail date comes with a warning, a swoon warning. As always, you can find links to these stories on our website at mkcpodcast.com in the show notes. Thank you for joining us as we discuss J. Edgar's Ghost. We hope you'll join us next time for The Wrong Way Home. Until then, check out our website at mkcpodcast.com and Twitter and Facebook pages at mkcpodcast for episode discussion and photos. If you haven't already, join our NKC Facebook group for more detailed discussions and episode information. Until then, take care from all of us, and this is King's Chronicles.
Bye. Bye. Bye.